Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. Start this report out with a, a crop report. Been busy here the last uh, two weeks between our field day and, and special events that we had along with the corn and soybean college. We had more than uh, 400 people or so here and they represented at least 20 different states. And each time as they came through here, we did our traditional crop report, just trying to get a handle on the people there as far as what they saw for a crop. And uh, I have to say that there were more people reporting above average yields than I expected. Uh, so that was good. But as we compare the group to past groups, the last 10 years coming through here doing the same thing, there's definitely more, considerably more, that rated their crop below average comparing it to the last three years. So I don't know what that's worth, but it would probably strongly suggest that you know there's no way we're going to hold trend line yields out there with that much uh, coming in at below average. Here locally, um, you know the wet areas seem to continue to uh, get some moisture, while the dry areas tend to stay dry with spotty showers in between. Uh, last Thursday, a lot of areas received anywhere from a half to almost two inches of water. Here at the office, we got a tenth. So we continue to uh, struggle with pollination issues and things like that um, in this area here where it's dry. Now, out in the field doing farm visits the past 10 days or so, in the dry area, we're getting uh, corn yields in that 140 to 210 range in the areas that have been getting moisture from 180 to, to 250. Probably the underlying thing that we're seeing out there is the population. The population or ear count is light. Now the good news is just about every farmer I went to was not surprised by the yield checks. They're kind of uh, depressed, I guess, on the fact that a lot of them are anywhere from 10 to 40 bushel under what they had anticipated or wanted to have, but they've been out there looking and they realize they don't have the ear count for it. And it's good to know that the guys are checking and they realize the ear count in some fields are anywhere from two to 6,000 under where they should be. And most of us recognize that this spring with the tough stands that we had trying to uh, get this thing up and out of the ground. As we went through these fields and looking for not only missing population, but you could see that in a lot of cases the past uh, seven or eight days was pretty expensive in some of these fields, meaning that uh, we blew off the tips. So those ears that were uh, had a yellow base to them and a white tip, which is never good, you want a uniform color from top to bottom. You'd like to do that if you pollinate within three to five days. If you stretch that pollination out over 10 days, you start to get a separation on that ear. And we could see that uh, 10 days ago. We could see the yellow base and the white tips due to temperatures and moisture, especially in the dry area. The corn was trying to pollinate and then stopped to protect itself. And then when it finally pushed the last part of the silks out, they got too far behind the rest of the year. And when you have a white tip with a yellow bottom, it is very unusual for you to hold on to that white tip, even though it's been pollinated. Eventually, the plant will just go ahead and abort that tip. And we saw quite a bit of that this, year, this uh, last 10 days, which means in some cases, some varieties gave up almost 40 bushel. Here at the uh, uh, CropTech site, where we got some of our research plots, we had the tips on Tuesday. And already by Wednesday, the hint that they were losing their turgor pressure, and you knew by Thursday they were gone. The tips had been blown off of it itself. Now, the thing I, I want to bring to, to your attention is that can happen uh, in the field with different maturities. So you could have a 114-day maturity and 108-day maturity in the same field. 
and the 108 may be far enough along uh, and got pollinated more uniform depending on the week that it pollinated and it may hold its tip while the later maturing hybrids may have got caught in the wrong week and they're blowing their tips off. So I'll have Zach put up some pictures to show you. We had hybrids in the same field, one blowing the tip, one not, mainly due to maturity. You can also see that in your hybrid plots. So you go in there and you might be tossing hybrids out uh, because of the yield results this fall, but the reality is it was pollinating at the wrong week for that hybrid itself due to water, cloud cover, a number of different combinations, and the tip blew off from that scenario. And we don't want to throw a hybrid out and we find out that down the road it was planted a week earlier, a week later, and it actually was the best hybrid in that case. So, But if you haven't been back to your field since pollination, you need to go now because you may be surprised at how much that tip is. What you thought was a 45 long is now a 32 long type thing. <clears throat> been out there and looking in the, in the dry area, we continue to spray for spider mites and beans. So we're finding more and more fields with spider mites that are beyond the borders themselves. So guys are doing a pretty good job of staying on top of that. It seems that the Japanese beetle pressure has um, definitely uh, wavered uh, in, the, in the past 10 days or so. It seems to be decreasing. But the spider mites are still out there. Getting a number of calls and visited a number of fields where we got spider mites in the corn. And while most of this is in the drier area, we're also getting reports and seeing it in uh, areas where they've received rain or even in areas where they're under irrigation, that the spider mites are making it to the ear leaf and higher. And situation where some of these fields are going to need to be treated. As we learned in 2012, when the spider mite causes st visible stress in corn and those mites are up in that ear zone and it's R4 or earlier, we need to take care of them. It can get kind of costly in our uh, tip abortion as well as depth of kernel. Now those fields in the places that got water uh, that are dealing with spider mites, most of them so far that we've come across have been sprayed with a fungicide. And the fungicide had tipped the balance uh, towards the spider mites, meaning taking away one of its major enemies, a fungus that takes out the mites themselves. So in the dry areas, it's the same problem as soybeans. The mites are gaining momentum in the corn. Now the problem is you cannot see spider mite damage uh, in corn like you can in soybeans when you're driving by. I'll post a few pictures of some of the fields that that we had even with moisture, the leaves were rolling up past the leaf and the plant was showing stress. So again, if we're going into dent, we're probably all right, but if we're back there in blister and early milk, these fields need to be taken care of. We're doing some plots with these mites again, using the undercover and trying to get down in that ear zone and treat that area. Again, if any of you guys run across this uh, situation out there in the area of our office, um, we would like to put some plots out to experiment about trying to control this mite above the canopy versus down in the canopy itself. But something to think about, you're going to have to walk these fields, look for those leaves that are rolling. Again, we'll, we'll post some pictures, but you, you do need to pay attention when you're out there. We're looking at the bottom portion of that plant will actually start to show uh, some stress out there. And this is especially true uh, on the later planted corn, the replanted corn, that's still in early blister uh, or just getting pollinated. We don't, we got too much road ahead of it to, to have any stress there to slow that down. And getting a lot of calls, concerns about this uh, drop in temperature, this fall-like temperatures that we're getting here in August with highs in the mid-70s and lows in the mid to even low 50s. 
That's quite a swing from just three weeks ago. The forecast sounds like it's going to hang around here for a couple of weeks. So I want to give you guys a heads up of what's going to play out if this forecast is right. Of course, one thing it's going to do, it's going to slow down maturity of everything. Both corn and beans are going to slow down, but especially corn. That's kind of a double-edged sword in the dry area where we can't find any water. Um, this will reduce the evapotranspiration rate per day. Basically, it'll slow it down and take some stress off that crop. It'll give it more days to find a rain if we can and maybe keep us from aborting pods on our beans and kernels on our corn itself. Now, with the cool conditions brings cool diseases. Um, so a situation we have to think about that, the late planted soybeans and late maturing soybeans that are still flowering, and I'm talking mainly flowering at the bottom of the plant, those lower flowers are subject to white mold. And this is cool enough conditions, especially um, where you guys got a little moisture to trigger uh, a white mold outbreak. Again, it'll be happening on those beans that are still flowering. Some of your mid-group 2s and early group 3s that are already moving into R5, there's not much flowering at the base of the plant, they're probably going to be all right. Your later group 3s, early group 4s, and your late planted beans that are still flowering heavy at the stem, they're the ones that could get caught. The thing to remember is uh, we're not going to see this white mold uh, for two weeks. It's going to be about three weeks out before we could start to see it from the road where we see the dead plants, but it could get pretty heavy. But don't make the mistake and saying, well, man, you know that all my uh, late group, group threes got white mold. My early group twos didn't, so they must be a better bean for white mold. Not necessarily. They just didn't have susceptible flowers uh, when the outbreak took place. In your areas that we got the moisture, this cool temperature will spur on the sudden death. So the, especially the beans that are in that, uh, again, R5, R4.5 range, the sudden death could spur up. Now we are seeing sudden death out in the field, but you have to walk out in the field to find it. So we found some in Tazewell County, finding some in the Decatur area where you're starting to see the sudden death now show up itself. Cool, wet conditions during pod fill will uh, express this, meaning the plant will start to show that stress. And I expect not this week, but in about two weeks, the aftermath of this cold snap, we'll start to see more sudden death out there in the field. We're even seeing sudden death in fields that have been treated. So they kind of give you a hint that potentially we could have quite a bit of sudden death before this is over at south. Now in the, in the corn side, um, the things we're going to worry about uh, of course, is uh, common rust. So the common rust this year, we've actually been spraying for common rust. Normally, common rust is a kind of a nuisance disease. We don't worry too much about it. Uh, we kind of throw it in with all the other diseases. But this year, we had uh, fields that hit the quarter threshold and hit it pretty hard with common rust and needed to be treated. Unfortunately, common rust is a cool uh, moist environment, high humidity, and these two weeks will, will spur that on pretty strong. In some areas where we're finding northern and have been finding northern the last two weeks, the northern is going to fire up under these conditions too. So you're going to see a pretty rapid ramp up of those cool season diseases. So what's at risk here, of course, is the late planted corn um, and the replanted corn may not be able to outrun um, this disease pressure that is coming. So keep an eye on that stuff. Uh, we may have to go in there and treat it. Now, a cool August doesn't mean that um, we're going to have an early frost. 
um, but it does slow things down, slows down development. So uh, when we start talking about our late planted crops and our replanted crops, um, we could get caught uh, with just a normal frost if we slow their development down. This would also be an opportune time for soybean rust to sneak in. Usually uh, we're too warm in August for soybean rust to be an issue and we stay abreast uh, of that for you guys so we'll continue to watch the guys to the south. There has been uh, an uptick in the southern rust as far as Alabama and Mississippi areas down in there. We'll see how the forecast plays out but right now if the forecast is right start making plans on a backed up harvest meaning it's going to back things up in the fall itself. Um, we still got a good crop out there maybe not quite what some people hoped it to be but it is a good crop so we can't take our eye off the ball here in the last uh, quarter of the game got to make sure that we finish with everything that we can with that keep her safe keep her moving